Hey, welcome back. Uh, this week we're going to be walking through um, uh, further into the book of Acts. Uh, you would have heard this Sunday morning the message as um, we learned about uh, Peter speaking on um, Solomon's portico and sharing with um, the Jews about the, the story of Jesus and how he has just been crucified and, and really pointing everybody to him. Um, and which leads us now, um, Peter and John, before the council in chapter 4, starting in verse 1. And I'm going to go ahead and read it for us. It says, and as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. Wow. What an amazing picture. What a scene. Mm -hmm. So the, the scribes and the Pharisees, right, and, and all the elders are trying to silence this. Um, they can't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because the miracle is so evident and so obvious that they can't do anything about it. 
And, but all they want to do is just say, hey, all right, at the end of the day, um, you can do your miracles. Uh, you, we can't really harm you. Just don't say Jesus. <laughs> That's the only thing we ask. Yes. And they're like, no way. You know, there's no way we're going to stop doing that. Well, right? I, love, I love the way they pose the question because they're going, whether it's right in the sight of God to obey you rather than God, we'll let you be the judge of that. <laughs> we'll let you be the judge of that. Like there's so, it's just like, well, yeah, what are you going to say to that? Yeah. You know? It's, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine what, what's going through their heads because they have this obvious contradiction of God's miraculous provision of healing mm-hmm. in contradiction to, well, how could this, and the guilt yeah. of maybe we did something wrong by basically from their perspective at this point would be, did we just kill a prophet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then by the name of Jesus, this guy is healed. Not, and now they're in a specific Jesus too. It's Jesus of Nazareth. I mean, it's like not just, this isn't just like a miracle. Yes. This is a miracle in the name of Jesus. And it's interesting to me that the thing that they want to block is the name of Jesus. They don't really want to, it's not that they want people not to get healed or yeah. they or really they don't even it doesn't seem like at this point want to harm them yeah they just don't want them to say that jesus did that yeah well i'm I'm wondering too because even when you see jesus confronting the religious leaders you know that they to some degree crucified jesus because he was a threat to their power and control and then that same thing is happening where they're realizing they're they are losing um, relational authority over the people in Jerusalem. And they're losing that authority because of the name of Jesus. Right. And so they're going, you got to stop, you got to stop saying his name. Right. You know, we're we're losing, we're losing control. We're we're losing authority. We're losing influence. We're, you know, you're, you're making our lives more difficult, but at the end of it, they, they'd already, lost so much of that. I mean, just in, in Peter's message, 5,000 men had given their lives to Christ. And then you see this, there is no other name under heaven by which you must be saved. Yeah. So I love the exclusivity of Christ here in this story, right? Like smack in the middle of the story is there is no other name except the name of Jesus by which you must be saved. So it is only through the person of Jesus that salvation comes. Mm-hmm. You killed him, and they're ordinary guys that are giving the message, but clearly they've been with Jesus because they are speaking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yep. And, and all of this is so obvious and evident that they can't really argue with it. They can't argue with the testimony. They can't argue with the truth of who Jesus is. They can't argue, really, even with the claim that Jesus is the only way. Yep. All they can do is try to silence the men who are standing up for Jesus yeah. and they can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, again, there's so much in the story of these men and Peter and John, they're uneducated, untrained men and the Holy spirit has come upon them with power and given them boldness. And they, I mean, these ordinary guys, fishermen, are delivering a message to some of the most influential authority in the of the day in Jerusalem 
and delivering a message that they don't even know how to respond to. Right. And and um, and and the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and we've talked about this in in uh, previous Sundays, but you know that that there is a continual filling of the Holy Spirit in, in these men throughout the entire Book of Acts. That over and over and over again, the Holy Spirit is filling them and coming, uh, clothing them with power from on high, as it says in Luke 24, and giving them the words that they need in the moments that they need them. And this is one of those moments because, I mean, he's, you know, the Jesus that you crucified and you need to repent. Yeah. And that's the only way you'll be saved. And there, that that message is still crystal clear to this day. Yeah. I think it's so important, you know, when people are offended, you know, this this will be a question that comes up because people, I think, are offended by the exclusivity of Christ. Yeah. Even though the invitation of Christ is to all people, and very clearly, even in this story, all every nation, every yeah. tongue, every tribe is invited, right? And the passageway to salvation is paid for through the blood of Jesus. Yeah. So really, it's the radical inclusivity of Christ everyone's invited yes few will choose to respond mm -hmm. to that message out of pride and sin mm -hmm. but the reality is is that even though it looks like a very exclusive thing to say that jesus is the only way um it is also at the very same time a reality that apart from christ there's no he's he's opening the door to everyone yeah so it's like the door is open wide and and it's a, it's a narrow pathway that it's like that Jesus is that only way and so it's both exclusive and totally inclusive at the same time. Yeah, yeah. The 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 interesting thing about that is, you know, if you look at some of or pretty much all of the other religions, they are non-inclusive and exclusive. So it's both and, but only Christianity is both exclusive in the fact that Jesus is the only way, but inclusive in the fact that everyone's welcome. Right. You know, and other ones, you know, other religions are basically saying, yeah, um, separate yourself from your enemy. Christianity is saying, love your enemy. Right. You know, pursue your enemy and love them and love them into the kingdom. And I think there's just something, um, it's been called the upside down kingdom. Because it's it's just the complete opposite of the world system. And just to, in closing, I think it's so important to underline, you know, they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Yeah. And um, I just pray that that would be what is said about us, mm. what is said about our church, what is said about our lives is that it's obvious to people looking in on our lives that we've been with Jesus and he has paid the, the way for us to have relationship with God. And when we, and through him, we can spend time with the Lord yeah. and he rubs off on us and it's obvious. Yeah. So what, you know, I guess the challenge for everyone is just like, can you, let's be people who are with Jesus in such a way that it is so obvious that it has changed us. Mm -hmm. It's so obvious that God is doing miracles that that really we can point people directly to. Mm -hmm. There is no other way yeah. except through Jesus. And there's there's something that 
David Green shared with us, Pastor David shared with us yesterday, I, th I thought was uh, really well said, but he's talking, he was talking about it's, it's not only the message of Jesus, but the methods of Jesus, uh -huh. that it's the way that Jesus lived and conducted himself and the fact that the scripture says, by this one thing, the world will know, Jesus says this, that, that you're my disciples and that's your love for one another. Uh -huh. And so th there's an element of this that is, yes, the message of Jesus, absolutely, but it's also the, the method, the life that he lived, the example, and, uh, and a, a clear evidence of that is when you look at the, the fruit of the Spirit. Right. And, and um, anyway, I think that's for all of us as we are spending time with Jesus, not only making sure our words are matching what Jesus would say, but that our lives are matching the way that Jesus would live. Yeah, and I think that's a really important thing just to take note of is that the book of Acts is two books, right? Volume one is Luke. Yes. Right, volume two is Acts. And so the life and teachings of Jesus, the what he did is now being lived out in the power of the Holy Spirit with the disciples. And so those two things are, are linked all the time. Yeah. So you can't disconnect them. You gotta keep remembering that it's the very teachings and the methods of Jesus being lived out in the disciples in the power of the Holy Spirit. And yeah. that's how we're supposed to walk. That's it. That's well, it. I'm excited about this week. And, you know, as we as we carry on, keep journeying with us as we go through the book of Acts together. God bless you guys.